hi, hi. Welcome back to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and I'm so excited on this episode to bring you a taste of Chris Gethard, who's one of my favorite comedians. We met at UCB where Gethard got his start. I did too, but he really is the instrumental part of UCB in New York. Performs improv, stand-up, wrote a memoir, A Bad Thing I'm About to Do, which IFC options, and has acted in films and TV shows like The Office and Louie, and just got his own television show, Greenlit, on Comedy Central. It's based on his talk show, The Chris Gethard Show, which has done over 120 shows. I just, I don't have words to explain this public access show. I think of it as like part Pee-wee's Playhouse, part Letterman. It's just so fun. He is the consummate underdog, as you'll see in our interview, and Gethard just thrives in controlled chaos and is just an utter delight. So I hope you enjoy our interview. Mazel tov to Chris Gethard. And I feel like being compared to Gonzo is one of the greatest compliments in the world. That's all I'm going to say. It's kind of interesting being taller than you. Do you need a book or something to sit on? You can sit on my hat. No, you can move the mic a little bit. Make get intimate with the you, mic. You can yeah. get yeah. Yeah. That's, oh. like this. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. That happens yeah. when I get intimate too. I feel okay not having a really stylized stage because your show is on local access. Public access, yeah. yeah. So I, it's okay if I fumble a little with Yes, with the I've set the bar very low. <laughs> and it is such a popular show. I feel like you're the gonzo. If you were a Muppet, I feel like you'd be Gonzo of comedy. I feel mildly insulted by that. No, I would die to be Gonzo. I feel like I'm a Kermit. I feel like I'm leading the charge on this production. Really Gonzo good. was like the, the guy who fucked everything up and was riddled with anxiety all the time. Well, I mean, you did write a book about, you know... Being riddled with anxiety, anxiety all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And you, you were mentioned <laughs> in the book, not by name. You yes. were mentioned. So we met um, at a... Uh, clinic. Uh, this is not the first time we had met. <laughs> no. We'd but met in passing a number of times. Many times, but we bumped into each other at a um, clinic for... STDs. It was, a, it was a, uh, a clinic that was very affordably priced, that was aimed to the LGBT community, but that didn't discriminate against... Against uh, comedians. Yeah, against comedians or anybody. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I'll never forget, you and I crossed paths, and then they called my name and sent me to a floor... They were like, you can go to the fourth floor. And I just saw your face drop <laughs> as you just assumed I had, that I was HIV well, positive. Well, I'm not saying that I assumed it. It says on the, this is the floor for HIV yeah, positive. Does. So when you get off it on does. that floor, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that you That's might be going floor. there for a reason. Yeah. Um, I'm going to show. I'm not, I, I'm, I thought I had herpes. I don't, I'm clean. <laughs> That's how that story ends. I felt like I should no- mention that before we just moved on. <laughs> I do want to show a clip from your show, but before yes. that, I, I wanted to go dig a little deeper and talk about one of your first day jobs. Okay. Um, because you've been doing comedy for so long, and for a while you did these things, Weird New Jersey and Weird New York. Yeah, yeah, I did do those. That was a very fun era of my life. That's a book that I wrote, Weird New York. So let's talk about it a little bit. You got hired to work at this company... And yeah, write these weird books. It was just a magazine at the time, and I was just like a teenage kid, and I used to write them letters about weird stuff in New Jersey, and they, they hired me to come, like, lick envelopes and enter names in their mailing list, and then I wound up being there while this thing exploded and became this book series, and I was lucky enough to write some books for them, which was pretty cool. Well, in one of them, I found an error. You did? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
on the Oracle. Well, what do you expect from a low-down, dirty gonzo? <laughs> so um, there's a page about the Oracle. The Oracle, yes, the Pinchik Oracle. Yes, and, yeah. well, they noticed it too. So if we could just show, I, I recently brought it to their attention, just in case Weird New Jersey well, like, is hiring, because you, you don't need to have a day job anymore. Wait, you... Because you said that it was in Flatbush neighborhood, but it's in Park Slope, the Oracle. You told them, you made them do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's on Flatbush Avenue, is what the error was. Yes, but it's you'll not... see that you said the Flatbush neighborhood, and obviously that's not the Flatbush. Well, How many people know this sign? This is yeah, it's a cool Park thing. Slope and Prospect Heights. This is Flatbush neighborhood is where Woody Allen is from, which is a wonderful neighborhood, and but they don't have an oracle. Thank you for sticking it to me regarding a book that was published eight years ago. 2003. <laughs> but just in case they have to do weird Pittsburgh or weird Philadelphia or weird Pennsylvania. You really convinced them? I couldn't even get them to talk to me. Well, they might be here tonight. Is that true? I yes. apologize. Do you even know who the oracle is? Because you guys didn't know who the oracle is. No. Can I recommend Google next time? I hit up Google. I feel like you've done nothing but emasculate me since I got out here. You made fun of my public access show, called me Gonzo. Gonzo was a compliment. Filled me with anxiety about this and told everyone I have AIDS. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, Gonzo is a compliment, as are these books. <laughs> um, I thought you would be excited to At be... At the time, Google did not reveal who it was. There were rumors, but I didn't want to ruin it by, just pu by putting in rumors. Yeah, some people in the wrong neighborhood or something like that, yeah. So it's Jonathan Safran 4. What's that? The Oracle is Jonathan Safran 4. I'd love to meet him sometime. Well, we'll have, that'll be the next show. Okay. This, we just got to pitch, Nick. definitely coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, let's talk about your, your, your talk show because it's had such a cult following for so long. Can you describe, because I think of it as like a cross between Pee Wee's Playhouse and David Letterman. Thank you. That's nice. Um, Gonzo would have appreciated that. Yeah, he would have. Too. I'm sure he would have. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, that's a pretty good description. It's like a public access show. We take calls. We change it up every week, and just try to do like a different format. We try to not like make it a rigid thing, and just sort of let it live. And I think a lot of people, a lot of kids, like found it, and um, kind of the people who care about it really care about it. And I think it's very accessible. And I like have never been good at hiding the fact that I'm someone who struggles with self-esteem and depression stuff, and I think a lot of other similar people have found the show and kind of rallied around it, which makes me happy. That makes me proud you've, that... You've helped kids with suicide. I mean, people have written in. Yeah. Now, before people get too touched, I want to show what the show looks like. Yes. <laughs> yes. Say what the kids are reaching out to and connecting. Can we show I should set a this clip? up. Yes, or else please it'll make do. No, no, sense. no, please show a Basically, clip. Basically, I'm very proud of the fact that our audience has a real impact on the show. And somebody called the show and said that they thought this guy, Jersey Dave, was the beefiest crew member we have. And then the other members of our crew got offended because they all thought they were the beefiest. So the very next week, we staged a competition called the Beef Off to see who the beefiest member of our crew was. And I intentionally, I wanted it to really emulate softcore gay pornography 
as a sort of like genre thing, respectfully. Like I wanted to make it very sexually Wait, did you charged. Did you say respectfully? You I can did. you can own the joke, but no, I don't think I you need to. I really didn't want to make a joke. I was really interested in seeing how sexually charged we could make a public access TV show. I honestly was not. But you're on a channel with Robin Bird. No, she's not on anymore. She's, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I am. I gotta on, keep up with my public. I access. am on a channel with a guy whose whole show is just him stuffing dollars into women's thongs, though. <laughs> That is a thing. And you can I, get your show on the internet too, right? Yeah, you can yes. watch it at thechrisgetthershow.com. But the reason that it's, I mean, you've been, you've been on Fallon talking about it. You've had New York Times articles about you. I mean, it's a really, it's, you could yeah, be anywhere. Crazy. You choose to be there. Yeah, and I, I also had, I also was on a sitcom that didn't go well and then signed up for public access after it which I would have to imagine is one of the biggest intentional career downfalls <laughs> in the history of entertainment. Let's, let's see a clip of it because yes, you this really is the do have a cult, the first cult following from beefy guys. These are the two finalists. People have to vote. Oh. Oh. We've got Simon from Vancouver. Simon, welcome. Oh. Hey. Rob or Jesse? Or Moise? Hey, no. You guys don't know what baby what? oil is. <laughs> okay. You know what baby oil is? Simon, who are you voting for? Simon, who are you voting for? Rob. You're voting for Rob, another one for Rob, okay. He's on the phone right now, say hello. Call up, tell us who you're voting for. Call her, who's there? Call her, are you there? Two, one, two, seven, five, seven, one, three, nine, three. Who do we have on the it's phone the right now? Brian, Next caller, you're on the air. Welcome. Rob Malone. Rob Malone. Another one for Rob Malone. Okay, thank you so much for your call. 212-757-1393. Sexually charged, right? But, sexually charged. I really do want to encourage people if they're out at night to go to, to one of your tapings because it, it was the biggest freak show I've ever been to in my entire life. And I, and in the, I mean that in the most thank loving... You. Loving way positive. No, Thank no, you. genuinely. Like people like to say they're a nerd or they're a geek, but these kids really, no. really have have uh, it. have it nailed. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We've like rallied around the idea. We we did an episode called "Loser Is the New Nerd," which was the idea that like nerds are now cool, but the people watching our show haven't shifted from. They're not cool nerds. They don't have no. a choice. They're fucking kids with asthma and deviated septums. Like they're losers. We got to take that word back and empower it. So people who watch my show proudly embrace the idea that they are losers. They proclaim themselves losers as being fans of mine. It's synonymous. So you, 17 to 23, would you say, is your main demographic? Because a lot of the kids who called in were in college or, or could have been Yeah, it's a lot of high school and college, but we do. Some could read. Yeah, yeah it was not, it's nuts. Um, but we do, yeah, we get calls from people. I mean, we've gotten calls from five-year-old kids. Oh, that's um, healthy. Yeah, Watching definitely that? weird. Definitely weird. Such and a great service you're providing, five Thank you, yeah. I mean, I, I don't regret it. I wish I saw something like that when I was five. Is that true? I do, man. I was, I was too sheltered. I would have been a more well-rounded person. Chris, I don't think you were too sheltered to end up the way you did. Something had to have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all seriousness, I wanted to ask, because you, you have had so much duly deserved success and, and are truly beloved. Thank you. What is it like knowing that you're such a good talk show host and you have this wonderful show and yet friends sometimes and maybe not seem to get shows greenlit and on the air and you don't? What is, what is it like struggling with that? Well, I'll tell you my first instinct is it's really fun to talk about in public unexpectedly. <laughs> um, that's my first instinct is the answer to that. 
Um, that's my... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm really psyched. Like, I'm really good friends with Pete Holmes. I'm psyched to see him get a show. But one thing I have found very genuinely, and this could all just be rationalization because I'm not making money off my show. I lose money on it, is that... Um, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all get through it. But I do feel very proud of what we've done. And if it ended tomorrow, I think that, like, it has connected with a lot of people, it's meant a lot to a lot of people, and it's been very funny, and I just can't regret that, you know? But I also think you gotta just like, to me, it's like, I have a real chip on my shoulder. I grew up in New Jersey. I think a lot of people from New Jersey have chips on their shoulders, and like, people keep telling me, or have been telling me for a long time, like maybe it's time to stop doing this and move on, but I don't Who know. Who says I, that? Rational human beings. <laughs> Um, like logical people who care but about me. But you're so successful. Now hold on. I mean, while we're talking about this, you are on Jimmy Fallon all the time. You're right. Right now, you're a head writer on a show on MTV. I mean, you have plenty MTV of options. Two. MTV too. But MTV you, too. <laughs> you have had a successful string of of jobs. And I've you, done okay, yeah, yeah, and I've managed to make it work. And like, even though the show is something I do for free, like it's been such a safety net and platform for the rest of my career, so I don't regret it, but... You have a J. Crew credit card. I do have a J. Crew credit card. It's the best. What else do you best. need? This is J. Crew, and that's J. Crew. I don't know what else you would need. It's a fine brand, and I highly endorse it. <laughs> Get with it, Brooklyn. Get with it, Brooklyn. But I, I was genuine about the question, because you, you've talked about it with Pete Holmes, and, and the, yeah. the, the challenges yes. of being proud of yourself and being proud of what you're doing and also having to balance that with jealousy not and anger yeah. and all those things. I mean, I think that's trying to be an entertainment, right? You run into a wall a million times, but I don't know, like um, things go the way they do and I think you have to decide. I don't know, I, I also think you really like, I, I, I feel like anything artistic, right? Anything, any creative endeavor, I think you have to decide at some point if you're doing it because you love it or if you're doing it because you want to make money because the odds that you'll make money are so slim that if you really want to go all in, you might just have to sign up to be um, a poor, uh, poor person who, you know, like someone who mm -hmm. doesn't have much money and who it doesn't, it doesn't work out for. Like, you kind of have to opt into that, you know? I agree. That it's a choice and it's, a, it's a, um, so many ways a luxury to do what you love. Yeah, and I feel like you can't, you can't go for it 100% until you say, like, this is either going to work out or it's going to crash and burn, you know? Like, you can't go halfway. So I'm, I'm definitely in the thick of that, but well, happy to be there. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad that you continue to, to be as hysterical as you are. But Thank one you. thing I wanted to learn from you, because just in case at some point you decide not to do improv and stand up and host this wonderful show and write for shows, you want to go into something else, um, what would that maybe be? There was a long stretch of my life where I thought about abandoning comedy to try to become a professional fighter. That's true. <laughs> I took um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes for over four years. At one point, I shaved my head because, and I'm quoting myself here, I wanted to look less like a comedian and more like a fighter. I didn't, I wound up looking like neither. I wound up looking like a very unhealthy person. Um, but I took, I took classes at a school where I was once in the same class as six current UFC fighters, and it oh, was terrifying. Can you show me some jujitsu moves? I don't oh, know any jujitsu. After this interview, I would love to. Okay, good. You can take out all your questions. I really want to just say love that to. I. I was asking from an earnest place as someone no, who know. aspires to be as successful I've, I've as you made, are. I've put you on edge. I feel you're the best. No, I'm, I'm just playing along and having fun with okay, it. Okay, good, good. And just yeah. rolling with the punches as I do. That being said, would you like to learn some joke holds? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay. 
easy one. This is called a rear naked choke. Okay? Now this is what's important about this choke. I'm not gonna it's not a wind choke, it's a blood choke. So the thing that makes you pass out is not your wind pipe, it's that your the, the arteries on in your neck are there's no blood going to your brain. So the way you do this, the way you do this is this hand comes across, you grab your bicep. This hand is gonna push your head over. And what I'm gonna do, what you'll feel is I'm not gonna be choking you by pulling back. I'm gonna flex my bicep and then just tap me when, when it gets horrible. Well, okay? how will I know if I'm dead? Just tap me, you just have to tap my arm. Just tap my arm when it gets horrible, ready? It's horrible, right? <laughs> horrible, that quickly. Horrible, really, really unpleasant, right? Do you wanna try it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you put, yeah, like that. Yeah, grab your bicep. Sit on the couch. Grab your what left bicep. Wait, grab your left bicep. I don't have a bicep. What are you talking about? <laughs> grab the area where your bicep should be. Put your left hand on the back of my head. No, 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 like pushing. Yeah, and then just flex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> did I do it? You did. Thank come you, read his book and come see his show. You can come with me any Wednesday night at 11 o'clock. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much to Joel Arnold for editing this together. Thanks to all of you for listening. Definitely run, don't walk to get tickets or run, don't walk to the internet to get tickets for our next live shows. December 18th at UCB and January 8th at Joe's Pub. We have ridiculously exciting guests. Go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to sign up for the mailing list. And thank you to all of you for listening. It's just such a privilege and a joy. Almost as much of a joy as uh, eating, which is what I'm about to do. I mean, I'm going to go exercise and go um, volunteer after I eat. Talk to you soon. Bye.